Today, as a local church, the Church of the United States, we gather today to pray as a day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn children. We may begin to ask, why do we have to be pro-life? As Catholics and as Americans, we are pro-life. If we go back and look through scripture, there are many references in pro-life and why we should be pro-life. But I want to make this definition very clearly. To be pro-life doesn't mean that we are just against abortion. Pro-life means that we are, we agree that life begins at natural conception and ends at natural death. We forget sometimes that to be pro-life means that we also include that natural death at the end of its definition. It's not just about abortion. If we look throughout Scripture from the Old Testament and New Testament, we see how important life is. Even from the beginning of the book of Genesis, God created man in his own image and his likeness and gave man dominion over all of creation. Then we hear from the prophet of Jeremiah that even unborn human life is sacred to the Lord. We hear the Lord say to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, a prophet to the nations, I appointed you. And as Catholics, we know that lives of the sick and elderly even matter. When we look at the book of, the Pro book of Proverbs, which tells us, do not, do not despise your mother when she is old. And in the book of Sirach says, my child, help your father in his old age. Do not grieve him as long as he lives. We even know furthermore that the lives of the poor and the forgotten also matter. Because from the prophet of Isaiah, channeling the voice of the Lord, the Lord declares, is this not the fast that I chose to let the oppressed go free? To break every yoke to share the bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house. We even hear in the 10th chapter of St. John's Gospel, the Lord Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have life fully. This includes the life of the unborn. We hear even in the story of the visitation that even John the Baptist left for joy in his mother's womb. So all life, my dear brothers and sisters, matter. Every single life matters. From the unborn, to the elderly, to the homeless and the poor of our society, all life matters. But why are we gathered to celebrate the day of prayer for the unborn? Why do we have thousands of kids gathered in D.C. right now and marched yesterday in a march for life? Because my dear brothers and sisters, we haven't changed. We 
haven't been changed by those words. We live in a society in a situation in which abortions are far away from us. Some of us may have people in our families who've had abortion. But those words, those struggles, and those challenges haven't penetrated into our hearts and haven't changed who we are. It's just words on our lips, what we have to believe. Because every day we go about not worrying about life. It's not important for us because it hasn't changed and touched our hearts. We haven't heard the stories or experiences the struggles and situations of those who have gone through abortions, who haven't seen, have been able and faced the struggles of abortion and making that choice. Because we say we stand for life, but what are we doing to help those who are struggling in abortion, to make that decision not to have an abortion, my dear brothers and sisters? We hear in our gospel reading, it's a very short verse from chapter 3. If we just take a step back to recall what we read yesterday, where Jesus chose the 12 disciples. Now he's coming home to establish a family, and yet his own biological family, his relatives, think he's crazy. So Jesus has come already in the beginning of chapter 3 of Mark, to establish a family, a family that's not just limited to us by blood and blood alone, but includes everyone. You and I gathered here in the church belong to a family. We belong to the family of Christ. No matter our race, no matter our ethnicity, no matter our social background, we belong to a family. And as a family, we help each other grow. We help support each other, and we help others in their difficult decisions in life. But yet we live in a time and in a society where family doesn't matter. What truly matters is my own decision, my own desires, and my own wants. And in that my, that that egoistic self-centeredness of ourselves, leads us to the problems that we have today. Where we begin in a family where there is no love, where there is not a place that is safe, a place of support, a place of bringing up, of care. Then we lead our children to go out into the world finding what love is, finding support in someone else, in something, Believing that that's going to find, that's going to give them true love. And what happens? They get into a situation where they're now pregnant with a child. Thinking that that is love. But they put themselves in a situation, in a circumstance that they don't, it's not an ideal situation to bring up a child. Because they begin to recognize that that is, that's not a loving situation. That's not an ideal situation to bring that child into this world. They are doubting themselves. They are beating themselves because they have no support. They don't have a family to go to. 
they begin to degrade themselves for this action. And what, what does that lead them to? The easiest and best choice that they see is to have the abortion, is to get rid of that child, because it's not ideal, it's not perfect. But us as a family, what are we doing to helping those in need? To support those as a family who are struggling with that decision-making? Because any death is not just affecting that person or that child, but death affects the whole family. And we hear from our first reading today, even Samuel is crying out to the deaths that have occurred. It hurts us as a family, my dear brothers and sisters. Let's put it in a real perspective. If Carol Wojtyla's mom decided to have an abortion, would we have a man who later becomes John Paul II, who then later takes down communists in Poland, who then later makes a big impact on the world's youth, creates the largest event in the world where all of these Catholic youth gather together to live out their faith? That's one example. If Mother Teresa of Calcutta's parents decided to have an abortion with her, where would the homeless be of Calcutta? What would happen to those struggling in Calcutta right now who are trying to find the Lord's love and compassion in the lowest moments of their lives? There would be more people in the streets ridden with diseases that have been pushed away from society, that have been neglected, that are seen as ashamed in society and left out on the streets to die without dignity. My dear brothers and sisters, all life matters from natural conception to natural death. It impacts not only those who make those decisions, but it impacts us as a family. What are we doing to interiorize that, to make it a part of our lives, to help support those in need? Not just by our prayers. What are we saying to our children? What are we doing to offer a family of support, a family of love, to give them a place to bring that child into the world and so that that child is given a choice to make a difference, to know, to love, and to serve their God, their Creator. So as we finish and prepare our Eucharistic celebration, let us pray for our family, our nucleus family, our local family, our community family, that we may become a family of love, of support, that we may allow life to be brought into this world, to give those in need support so that they can make those decisions and so that we give them a place of love, a place of support, but most importantly, a place where they know they're loved, they're cared for, and they're protected. Amen.